0: Okay, so I want to say I'm preaching Christ in the book of Acts or the gospel of Jesus Christ in the book of Acts. And I'm going to read from chapter 15, verse 1 to 29. Some men came down from Judea and began teaching their brethren, unless you are circumcised, according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And when Paul and Barnabas had great dissensions and debate with them, the brethren determined that Paul and Barnabas and some others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders concerning this issue. Therefore, being sent on their way by the church, They were passing through by both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and were bringing great joy to all the brethren. When they arrived at Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some of them, the of the Pharisees, who had believed, stood up saying, it is necessary to uh, circumcise them and to direct them to observe the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders came together to, took I- to look into this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, brethren, you know what? In you know that in the last days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles would hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the hearts, testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as He also ha- did to us. And He made no distinction between us and them cleansing them, their hearts, by faith. Now therefore, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the neck on the disciples a yoke which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way as they also are. All the the people kept silent and they were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were uh, relating what signs and wonders God had done through them amongst the Gentiles. After they had stopped speaking, James answered saying, Brethren, Listen to me. Simon has related how God first um, concerned himself also about to take the gospel to the Gentiles a people for his name. With this the w- with this the word of the prophets agree just as it is written. After these things I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David which has fallen and I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name. Says the Lord, who makes these things known from long ago. Therefore it is my judgment that you do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles, but that we write to them that they abstain from things contaminated by idols and from fornication and from what is strangled and from blood. For Moses from ancient generations has in every city to those who preach him since he is read in the synagogue every Saturday or Sabbath. Then it seems good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to those men from among from among them to send him to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, Judas called Barsabbas and Silas, leading men among their brethren. And they sent this letter by them, the apostles and the brethren who are elders, uh, to the brethren in Antioch and Syria and Sicilia, who are from the Gentiles' greetings, since we have heard that some of our numbers, uh, number to whom we gave no instruction have disturbed you with their words, upsetting your souls. It seems good to us, having become of one mind, to select men to send to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will also report the same thing by word of mouth. For it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials, And to abstain from things sacrificed to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication, if you keep yourselves from such things, so we do, so you will do well, fare well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I bless you. Your wonderful name. I thank the Lord, that your word is so clear. I thank the Lord, for the apostles in those days who had the Holy Spirit and were filled with the Holy Spirit and were able to determine the way of the gospel and the way of the church of these new converts from the Gentiles. I pray now, Lord Jesus, give grace to speak your word. Give grace to listen to your word and also give grace to act upon your word. We thank you in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus without add-ons. You understand it? The gospel of Jesus Christ without add-ons add-ons, and that's so important. What Jesus did on the cross, it was complete, amen? Amen. There's nothing to be added onto. And we have read all the situation here. And Paul and Barnabas, with Luke, they returned to Antioch, the original church that sent them on the mission trip. And they came back, reported, that God had opened a door for the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? God has opened a door for the Gentile that includes us as well. Amen? We are not Jews. We are Gentiles, but we are born again yes. through the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. That's so important to understand. And when God opens a door, no one can close it anymore. Amen? Hallelujah. And we read in Revelation chapter 3, verse 8, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When God shuts the door, it's closed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And when the time of grace is over, if Christians and as we who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ if we do not love accordingly his will then the door of grace will shut one day and there will be no chance that anybody else could go into the kingdom of god or could be saved now the time is still there hallelujah the door is still open and that's why this group is going to the philippines they are going there as an open door and when you go, may the Lord bless you that you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't have discussions on negotiations. Preach and proclaim, Pastor Gary. Preach and pro- proclaim and call on you too. Preach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is power enough in the gospel, it's a power of God for everyone who believes it. We, now, the question is, the first 3,000 souls on the day of Pentecost, when they came to the Lord, they were baptized, they believed, were baptized, and then they were added unto. Where were they added unto? Were they added as proselytes unto Israel? Israel, or were they added onto the church? They were, of course, added on to, to the church. And that's important. That are two different entities, the church of Jesus Christ and Israel. And we do love Israel as well. And we pray for Israel, that Israel's eyes might be opened for their own Messiah, Jesus Christ. Whom they rejected them. As I said, when God opens the door of faith, no one can shut it anymore. Amen? No add ons. And we have read in the beginning, and that's so important to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, and we read it there in John chapter 19, verse, verse 30. The last words he said, it is, it is finished. It is finished, hallelujah. And our dear brother James, he brought us the Greek terms. And the Greek term is tetelestai. That means it is paid in full. Your sins and your debts God uh, against God have been paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There is no other thing you could be redeemed by than by the blood of Jesus. And you go to the Philippines and preach it there as well. Yes? By the blood of Jesus because there is power in the blood. Hallelujah. Power in the blood. Now what was wrong with these Judaistic add-ons? You know, you understood just chapter 15, the verse where some of the brethren from Judea, they came and said, listen, everything is good that you believe in Jesus Christ, but but you need to be circumcised. Otherwise, pardon? Yeah, of course. And... He said here very clearly you need to be circumcised and keep the ordinance of Moses. Amen. And we see very clearly the Christians were, the new Christians were disturbed. What should we do now? That's why I asked the question were these first Christians in Jerusalem and the day of Pentecost added to Israel or were they added to the church. They were added to the church. There's only the church Jesus brought forth. Now, the first believers there in Antioch were Christians, and because the name Christians came actually out of Antioch, the disciples were called for the first time Christians in Antioch. Now, what was wrong? What was wrong with circumcision and uh, keeping the law? It's so important to understand this. There was nothing to be added onto. Whatever you do, it is nothing to be added onto what Jesus did. Jesus paid us all. There's a song, I heard it singing from Carol, who was it, you know? Jesus paid it all, hallelujah. There was everything, all my sins and all your sins and everything you did will be paid for. Now, there's one thing important. If it should be circumcision, so then God, it would refer only to the males. And it would mean there is I... Segregation between males and females. And Paul makes it clear in Galatians chapter 3, 28. Therefore, there is neither Jews or Greek, there is neither slave or freeman, there is neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. That's so important to understand. We are all like in Jesus Christ. Circumcision has no meaning in or of faith in Jesus Christ. It's so important. Circumcision was a sign given to Abraham and then later on to the people of Israel through Moses. As a token, a sign, they belong to Israel. They belong to Israel. Now these Jews who said you need to be circumcised, they didn't think it all the way through. Because they were not going to become proselytes. We are not proselytes in Israel. We have been born again and belong into the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. There are two entities and that's so important to understand. Now, not Moses or any prophet became the center of the belief of these people, the new converts. The center of it was who? Jesus Christ. Amen? Can I hear an amen? Amen. The center was Jesus. Amen. The center is Jesus in this church as well. The center is Jesus and nothing else but Jesus, hallelujah. Of course, we understand that these first Christians were a little bit upset, and they asked the apostles, what is right? There were some people coming up from Judea, and they said, we should do this too. Now, what is right? What should we do? Now, what did they do? The apostles came together. They went to Jerusalem, and asked these apostles, what is it, what can we do? And they looked into that matter. And one thing is very important. The church of Jesus Christ is the ecclesia. That means being called out. And there's another Greek word very important, and that is the kuriakos. That means very important. And this Greek word means the one belonging to the curios. Curious, who is that? It's the Lord. The one that belongs to the Lord. We don't belong to Israel. We do belong to Jesus. Amen? amen. Do you belong to Jesus? Yes. Then you have a loud amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I belong to Jesus. And Jesus is everything to me. Now, this word, Kyriakos, means to the Lord belonging. And that's where we have through Luther. He was speaking Greek too. And he formed the, ger- the German word for church is Kirche. Do you realize there's a certain, certain uh, point? Kyriakos, and Kirche, and, and all North European languages have that word for church. In German, is it Kirche. In Dutch, is it kerk. And in Danish, it is kirke. And in Swedish, it is kyrkan, because the Swedes pronounce that k as I. S-C-H, as we in German say, Shirkan. So, that's interesting to understand. Now, these new Christians were not proselytes. They were born again, and they belonged now not to Israel. They belonged to the Lord. Kyriakos. And that's what it is. Who, to whom do you belong? If you belong to the curious, to Jesus Christ, then you are born again. Hallelujah. You are born again. That's so important. The church does not belong to, to Israel. S- the church belongs to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know the scripture in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. You know where, where Jesus was with his disciples? And Jesus asked, "Now what do people say about me? It was not Jesus wanted to know his popularity, no, no. He just wanted to know what think people who I am. And so did all sorts of ideas. And then Jesus said to the apostles, He said, "And who do you think I am?" And there was one who was the one. He had a clear answer, "Peter." I said, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you. Where do you get it from? It was revealed to him by God, the Father, by the Spirit of God. And then Jesus said something. Verse 18, I also said to you, that you are Peter. In Greek it says Petros. That means a rock. And upon this rock, and there's the word Petra, that means a massive rock, or actually rock massive, you know, where you can build upon. Yes? And I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. Hallelujah. Now, whose church is it here? Whose church is it here? It says, my church. Hallelujah. My church. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I belong to Jesus. And therefore, I want to live for Him. Hallelujah. The church is the Kyriakos. The one that belongs to the Lord. And that's why it's important that we live accordingly to the will of the Lord. Now listen, pastors, evangelists or any church worker. Pastors, evangelists or any church worker. Whatever we do if it is not what Jesus did, then we are meddling with God's property. The church is God's property, amen? It belongs to him. Don't meddle with it. Get your dirty hands out of it. It is Jesus' church and he has paid the price. It is paid in full. Hallelujah. No syncretism of Phariseeism. We read a little bit further in chapter 15. There were also some Pharisees, and these Pharisees, they believed as well. Later on, they penetrated with them when they saw what happened, that Jesus is not dead, he is alive in the church through the apostles, and everything was real, that Jesus be discarded then. He is real, and even some Pharisees came to believe in Jesus. Now, the church, the ecclesia, has nothing to do with Phariseeism. And we'll read in Luke chapter 12, verse 1. Now, it says there, Under these circumstances, after so many thousands of people had gathered together, that they were stepping on one another, he began saying to his disciples, first of all, now listen to what he said, beware of the leaven of, beware of the leaven of, the Pharisees. Jesus warned against them. And these were still Pharisees. And that's so important. If somebody comes to Jesus Christ, his old life doesn't count anything anymore. Amen? Hallelujah. And even if the Pope would come here and repent of all his sins he has done and believes in Jesus Christ, he would become my brother in Christ. Amen? Amen. Get him here. Get him here. So, we see... All what we were before doesn't count anything anymore. That's so important. Hallelujah. Now, many years ago, you know I'm a pastor for many years here. And many years ago, there was a man, he came to our church. And after the service, he came to me and said, Pastor, you are a man after my heart. I thought, what have I done done wrong? You are a man after my heart. But I kept preaching. It didn't went into my head. I didn't become a head like this, that if I had to scratch my head, I had to do this. No, I didn't get a big head. But I just keep preaching, preaching the word of God. And I was preaching about holiness and giving up sinful habits from their former life. I tell you what, all of a sudden, the love relationship has ended. I didn't see him anymore. Why is it? I don't want to be a man according to anybody's heart. I want to be a man of God according to the heart of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you're a man of God, you preach the word of God. Not just something you use a little bit of religious stuff. I want to be a man after God's own heart. Now we see here the next thing. There is wisdom in the counsel of many. Hallelujah. And so they came to together, and as they came to To Jerusalem, Paul and Barnabas, and they related everything they have experienced. They had quite a bit of wonderful experiences. Don't you remember? When they went out from from Antioch and preached the gospel, and they came to Cyprus Cyprus, you know. They came there. And a man got healed. Hallelujah. He got healed. And there was a great thing, and men of God stay always, always cool. Amen? Is that the right expression, young people? Men of God stay always cool. Because when they saw the heathen, that this man was walking, and they thought something, we must sacrifice. And they wanted to bring a sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas. And the priest of the temple was just outside the church, outside the, the city, around the corner. And they brought all this stuff, you know, and wanted to bring sacrifice. And Paul and Barnabas said, stop! We are just people like you. We are no different that we are just people like you. You remember the section there? I preached on it, I think, the last or the Sunday last I preached here. And so, there were great things they experienced. And they were relating all these things. And then after Peter, he stood up. And Peter made it very clear. That you remember God has chosen me that through my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of God. And there we have it in chapter 9 where, where Peter was sent by the Spirit of God into the Italian household of Cornelius. And he was preaching there and he just hardly finished. He didn't make an altar call at all. He was preaching, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit fell upon the whole group of people, and they all were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you believe the Bible? I do. Be- I do believe what he has been written by Luke. He was there. He was an eyewitness, and Paul was. Or uh, yeah, Paul was reporting all these things there in Jerusalem. And Peter was saying also, you know, I was by the Lord used and I saw that God gave them the Holy Spirit exactly the same way as we received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And all the people were so happy. And... All these things came together and then when Peter uh, or when Paul and Barnabas stopped then we read and the people kept silent. If the word of God is being preached in the power anointing of the Holy Spirit there is no discussion anymore. They all kept silent. Because they heard what God has done through Peter, what God has done through Barnabas, through Paul. They heard this and their mouth was zipped. You didn't hear anything of the Pharisees anymore. You didn't hear anything of these brethren from Judea. Their mouth was zipped. And then a brother stood up. Who was that? Our dear brother James. I like your name, brother James. And you're using the same words when he addressed it to the congregation. He said, Now, brethren, listen to me. Have you ever heard James speaking to the congregation? What word does he use? What? Brethren. So, he learned it from him. Brethren, listen to me. And all of a sudden, there was a wonderful revelation. And that's what I think was so good. (coughs) James didn't say, I feel like this, and who feels like me too? No. He said, well, he quoted from the scripture of the Old Testament. All scripture is being inspired by the Holy Spirit, even the scriptures of the Old Testament. And he quoted from Amos chapter 9, the verses 11, 12, Jeremiah 12, 15. And we can read it here, what he quoted in chapter 15, Acts verse 16. After these things I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David which has fallen. And I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who are called by my name says the Lord who makes these things known from long ago. He knew the Bible. He knew the Old Testament. He said, well, that's what God promised David and God is going to build up the, the tabernacle of David. And this was happening and he could fit it into this time because now he saw even from the Gentiles they didn't want to know a bar of them as Jews. Now, these Gentiles have come, these Gentiles, and it covers exactly with the Scripture. Hallelujah! If we preach something that doesn't come from the Scriptures, it might be a nice idea. It must come from the Scripture. And James, our dear brother, in Acts chapter 15, he says, listen to me, brethren, And he quotes the scripture. He could say this and this. And we see it with other words uh, fulfilled in our eyes. And we can see these things happening. And one thing they always realized when Peter was preaching and saying, but we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, in the same way as they also are. Grace is the saving power. Hallelujah. We sometimes sing this hymn. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that can pardon all my sins. Hallelujah. Grace, grace. And here it says, grace is the power that forgives our sins. Grace is the saving power and not the law. The law doesn't save anyone. The law is just the mirror to show you where you're dirty. When you have been working in the garden, it's all good. And when you're invited to a wedding you don't go with your clothes. You head on in the garden. Now you change and also if the water is not too expensive so you have a shower. And when after you had a shower where did you look into? Into the mirror. You look into why? You want to know whether my face is nice and okay and whether I'm shaved or not. That's, uh, of course, according to the man. And then, and that's all. But you don't shave your face with a mirror, do you? No. You only use the mirror to show you where you're not very good being shaved. That's perhaps here a little bit and there a little bit. That's so important. And that's so that's That's the the law for. The law shows us where we have failed and sinned. But I don't shave myself with the mirror. I take the shaver and do it. So, the law doesn't save anyone. Only shows you where you are sinning and where you have sinned. But the grace of God forgives all our sins. And all the people, as I said, they kept silent. And James' judgment was this. James concluded by the Holy Spirit in verse 19. We can read it. And let's read it quickly. And it says there, Therefore it is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from amongst the Gentiles, but that, they, that we write to them that they abstain from things contaminated by idols and from fornication and from what is strangled and from blood. And then we read later on in verse 28, how I like this sentence, It doesn't say, after we had taken a ballot, then we had this result. No, what does the Bible say there? In verse 28. For it seems good to the... Now listen, preach with me, come on. It seems good to the Holy Spirit. Now you see who had the word in this congregation. Who was it? The Spirit of God, Jesus. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials. And that's what he said and what the Holy Spirit confirmed. This letter was not... A ballot or a result of a ballot. Who agrees with it? Lift up your hand. Yeah, we don't have a ballot this morning. That's right. But it was not that case. Oh, who agrees with with our dear brother James? No. It pleased the Holy Spirit and us. And us. The prominent person in this discussion and talk about all these things when they look deeper in the whole matter was who? The Spirit of God. Amen. The Spirit of God. It pleased the Holy Spirit and us to abstain. From things sacrificed to idols. And from blood. And from strangled. And from fornication. I have to explain a little bit. That is important. Of course, none of us goes to any service where there is demon worship now. But it was there in old times amongst the Greek. And Paul says, not that you think a demon is anything. anything. No. A demon is nothing in that regard like God or so. These are demons. And we should have nothing to do. And Jesus, or Paul says it clearly in First Corinthians chapter 10, I, I think it says, says there, We cannot eat at the table of the demons or devils and at the same time coming on Sunday to church and eating from the table of the Lord. There are two different tables. And that was what the Lord showed here. And James, the Apostle James, said very clearly, received it from the Holy Spirit. It pleases the Holy Spirit and us. Hallelujah. Isn't that a very good conclusion? That's the best conclusion I ever heard. It pleases the Holy Spirit not to abstain from sacrifice of idols. We have nothing to do with idols. Amen? Nothing to do with idols. And from blood, also you should know, at a sacrifice of idols in those days, they drank the blood of the sacrificial animal mixed with wine. That was normal. And said, no, no, don't do that anymore. You belong to someone else. You are the curiaque. You are the one that belongs to the Lord. You can't live in the world and enjoy the world and, and all the sinful things of the world and come to the table of the Lord. Understand, there's a difference of the table of the Lord and the table of the demons. And next he said, end from strangled." Now, there was this, and we can read it also in Leviticus, very clearly, that when an animal was strangled or was killed, perhaps by a lion or whatever, you found it, you shouldn't eat it. Not only Jews were not allowed, and even the ones who sojourned with them, that means it belongs also to those and they should abstain from it who were in the household of Israel. And from fornication. We all know that, that in the so-called demon worship of the Gentiles, they had the temple prostitutes, and that was something they did, and that's what it refers here to. Very clearly, we must, Restrain and not have anything to do with this fornication. The Gentiles worship the demons in the temple with the temple prostitutes. Fornication is all sorts of illicit sexual unit or union outside of marriage. That's fornication. That's fornication. That's so normal nowadays in many, many circles that unmarried people live together. It is not right. It is not right. It pleases the Holy Spirit. Not to have any communion, any fellowship, anything, but all these things. That's important. And then, what did James say? If you do these things, then you're well. And he said, farewell. Everything is hunky-dory if you do these things. So that's my English in this regard. If you do all these things, everything is honkidory. Do you understand the word honkidory? No, not really. Is there anybody a young man who could say what it means? What does it mean, honkidory? I heard it from people. What does it mean? Really good. Yeah. Our young sister here. Yeah. The oldest you know it, yes. The oldest, yeah. She knew it. Everything is honky dory. Hallelujah. Because we belong to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I thank you. Lord, when you speak, who shouldn't listen? Lord, I thank you. I thank the Lord Jesus for every brother and sister who belongs to you, to the church, to the Kyriakos. I thank you and I bless your name. We are your children and we do love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.